You're listening to Mind Your OT Business, a podcast to empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, the ever honest, always 100% real, Laura Park Figueroa. I'm the founder and owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a leader in the nature-based therapy movement, as well as a business coach for therapist entrepreneurs exclusively in my Business Better Ops group coaching program. I hope that what you hear on this podcast will empower you to take action, even when you feel a little bit afraid. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hi, friend. Thanks for joining me today for this episode on the Enneagram 6. This is a very common Enneagram number. Lots of people are Enneagram 6s that I know, at least. I don't know if that's an actual statistic, but what Jenny Gill shares in this episode will definitely help you know how to manage a lot of people who are Enneagram 6s in the world in your business, and as well help you, if you're an Enneagram 6, not feel so alone, maybe. That's been a huge like thing of mine lately. I want to help people not feel alone as entrepreneurs. Speaking of which, (laughs) that was a perfect segue. I wanted to let you all know that I am opening a cohort for Business Bedrocks, my group coaching program, starting on August 6th. The cart will be open August 4th and 5th. If you need help, getting your business set up to run on autopilot as much as possible so that you as the owner can work less and earn more money while your business grows, then you need to join us for Business Bedrocks. This program has been proven with over 50 therapists so far that have gone through the program, and it is a structured program that will happen August 6th till November 9th when we will have our last call. And we work on mindset, operations, marketing, and finances, because these are the bedrocks to every business's success, knowing that you have systems set up in all of these areas to help you as your business grows and scales is essential to your business being able to grow and scale. Probably didn't say that the best way, but you know what I mean. (laughs) So If you're interested, go to businessbedrocks.com. You can get all of the information there. Join the waitlist. I have people contact me all the time after my programs close for registration and say, can I still get in? And I generally don't have people start after the program has started. So please join the waitlist so that you know and you'll be notified when the cart opens, which again will be the 4th and the 5th of August, and you can register on the 4th and the 5th for the program, which will start on the 6th. And I hope to see you there. If you have any questions after you look at the website, please DM me on Instagram, pee on me on Facebook, email me at lauraparkfig at gmail.com, whatever you want to do to contact me to ask your individual questions, please reach out. I promise I don't bite. I'm really friendly and I love to talk about this program and to help business owners know if it is right for them. So that's it. Let's dive into the episode and I hope I get to see you in Bedrocks. I'm so excited to have you here, Jenny. Thank you for coming on. She pivoted to providing copywriting services for OTs last year. Yes. 2020 you started. Uh, So I started in 2019. Oh, 2019. Okay. 
made good work of it in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And she helps clients grow revenue and impact with authentic online marketing, including website, blogs, email sequences, and sales pages. So that's primarily what you do copywriting for because copywriting is really broad. Really quick. Can you tell people what copywriting is just in case anyone's listening and they don't know? Yeah. So copywriting is most commonly known as like sales writing, but I like to think of it as forming that relationship. And so you're going to write copy that moves a customer from just getting to know you all the way to the, whatever your end goal is of making a sale or getting them to sign up for your service. Yep. Writing for a customer. That is, that is what we always have to define it because I know um, when I started out running a business, my mind was kind of blown when I discovered copywriting. Like it, it, I was like, oh wait, this is an actual way of writing. There's a, there's a specific way to write when you write to a customer. And I love writing. I love writing all kinds of things. I kind of wish I had your job, Jenny, but then I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm already running two businesses. I don't need <laughs> start yeah. a copywriting business. I'll just refer people your way and to a few other OT copywriters that I know. Okay. So we chatted a little bit before we hit record about how the Enneagram six is a little bit fearful of all the things that could go wrong, right? That's one of the things you mentioned. Yes. And I'm going to read, I've been starting all of these episodes with each number, reading what the Enneagram Institute website describes that number as being, okay? So you are the Enneagram six, the loyalist, the committed security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. So... You are reliable, hardworking, responsible, and trustworthy, excellent troubleshooters. They foresee problems and foster cooperation, but can also become defensive, evasive, and anxious running on stress while complaining about it. They can be cautious and indecisive, but also reactive, defiant, and rebellious. They typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion. At their best, internally stable and self-reliant, courageously championing themselves and others. So the basic fear, and this is one of the things I, I may have said this, I've done about five of these interviews thus far. I may have said this already, but one of the things I love about the Enneagram is that it, it taps into our basic fears and desires as humans based on how we're kind of internally made because each of us are different, right? So the basic fear of the Enneagram six is being without support and guidance. And the basic desire is to have security and support. And we've talked a little bit about the wings, an Enneagram six with a five wing, meaning you kind of lean towards the number next to you is called the defender. So that's someone who is an Enneagram six, but is a deep thinker as well. And then the Enneagram six with a seven wing, which is a seven is the enthusiast. So this is someone who is loyal, like a six and also very enthusiastic and adventurous. The title for that is the buddy. <laughs> so I'm just wondering if that resonates with you. Why don't you, why don't you just kind of share if that description resonates and how it does? Yeah, it totally does. Um, I'm not either of those wings because I'm okay. not necessarily enthusiastic, but just this idea of stability has always been very important to me. And I've noticed like, that's what I bring to wherever I go. So like, hmm. even before I knew an Enneagram, if that's how you say it. Um, I know it's hard to say. <laughs> that's what I always thought I brought to like my coworkers or to my place of work hmm. or now to my projects. It's bringing this stability 
that not everybody does. And right. it, it was just interesting that I knew that about myself, but I didn't label it until I um, learned about this. Right. Um, and then other pieces are just, yeah, this disciplined and persevering definitely has always been me. Mm-hmm. And this idea of bringing something to completion has always been super important. And definitely like some of the flaws that I am anxious or mm-hmm. self-doubting has always been a trait. If I look yeah. back, I'm like, oh, now I finally have a way to capture all of it, which is really, really powerful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness is so key. I think that so many people can relate to the six. I, I heard somewhere that it's the most common type, but I, I don't know. Have you heard that? Or I don't know. I, I yeah. guess I don't know a lot about other people, but I would be, yeah, that makes sense. And I think I'm like, definitely like a strong six. Like the, that's why the wings don't necessarily yeah. resonate me. I'm like, oh, I'm like the extreme version of a six. <laughs> you were the, the great example to have on a podcast about the Enneagram exactly. six. <laughs> I, I told you again before we started recording that I, I have a lot of very good friends who are sixes. Um, and one of my best friends is a four. Most of the others are sixes. And it's it's really interesting to me because as I read that description of the basic fear of a six being to be without support and guidance, like they really want support and guidance. And being an Enneagram eight, I love to give that guidance. Let me just tell you what to do, you know? <laughs> Yes. I mean, I am, I am nice to my friends. I don't always give advice, but like, but it's interesting to me that the people that I'm closest to tend to be a six and that our, our personalities tend to, and I, I need, I need the things that a six is good at, which is looking at the whole picture and helping me pay attention to details that I may totally miss and teaching me to be loyal and consistent. And, you know, just, I would just fly off and do whatever because I'm like the enthusiast and the challenger. So yeah, it's good. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's interesting how the, the types kind of interact with one another in good ways. It's it's very interesting. The Enneagram Institute website has an actual place on their website where you can look at the interactions, like in a partnership or in a friendship or whatever. And you can see kind of, they, they break down like, you know, an eight married to a five will have, or or partnered with a five will have like this kind of challenge because of X, Y, Z. So it's, it's very interesting to look at even just with friendships, maybe not with your life partner or whatever, but yeah. Okay. So I I love that you said that about you brought stability to positions that you had before you were running your own business. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how your Enneagram sixness actually really benefits you as an OT entrepreneur. Yeah. So since my job is copywriting, most of my business is project-based. So Mm -hmm. I make money by finding projects and doing them and completing them. And that's usually a reason that people hire a copywriter is because they have something they can't get done. And to bring that stability to my business is amazing. You know, I can chart it all out and follow the process and bring the project to completion, which is what really people are looking for. Um, I would imagine if you didn't have some of those traits, it'd be a lot harder to write, you know, where you have to be dedicated. Like I have to make my own schedule and stick to it. Otherwise I miss deadlines or right. I don't bring the pieces together and going back to, you know, working with clients with their own an Enneagram type. Like I find like I work really well 
with people who have tons of ideas and can't narrow them down because mm-hmm. um, they can, you know, send me their ideas and I can sift through it all and just like bring it together. So it's definitely served me well, but then there, you have to pay attention to like the faults, like there's a certain amount of confidence that has to be there yeah. because there's drafts that get written and you have to be open to feedback and, you know, being able to stand behind, oh, you know, this is why we did this um, right. and to not doubt, I think is where it works against you and just to really pay attention and say like, oh, this is, this is my, like my weaknesses coming out. How do mm-hmm. I work to overcome them and not just fall to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and that was, that was another question I had for you. Cause you went right into the next question, which was like, what's your biggest challenge being in Enneagram six and, and running your business. But this is a related, but going back a bit question. I wonder how Enneagram sixes ever start a business because I think sometimes that nihilistic thinking of what if this happens and what if this happens and this could happen. And if this happens and this happens, you know, like it it can paralyze us. And I, I think a lot of us, this is what I mean, that a lot of us in entrepreneurship struggle with this at some point, sixes may struggle with it a little more, but can you share what enabled you to actually like take the leap to start your own business? Yes. I mean, at the time, it's, it's still even, I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever done. And I recognize <laughs> like it was, this is outside of my identity. Like this is outside of my mm. characteristic of myself. But I think just recognizing what I wanted, you know, yeah. and seeing that and saying, okay, like I can work towards this. And then again, reaffirming the positives. I'm like, well, I see things through. And so if I can tap into that, like I'm going to see things through, this is possible. Like that's how I'm going to overcome all of the scenarios that I can think of. That would be a problem. And I think part of it for me, as I was fortunate, like I was in a huge life transition where kind of everything was just, you know, all my stability was destroyed anyway, because I was moving. Interesting. So if you get to recreate something as a six, you know, maybe that's when you get to explore like other options. I'm not sure I would have ever just quit my job, but I had to quit it anyway. Yeah. Then it was my chance. So I was like, okay. And I still have my professional license to fall back on. So finding those things that can reassure yourself like, oh, well, if I try this for a year and it doesn't work, I'll just go back to what I was doing before. Like I'll have gain something, but I won't have lost everything. And so to kind of use that strategy in your mind to like see the next steps and paint a good picture and then Mm -hmm. have a backup option. I think that's probably what made it possible. It's like, okay, like I'm going to do this. I know that I can see things through. And if not, like this is a viable backup option that I'll figure out down the road. Yeah. Like having because a plan B sort of still there. Yeah, yeah. Like you're still all this doubt. You're like, what if you never find clients or what if I suck at writing and I didn't know like all <laughs> not of those true, things, but... <laughs> right, right. right. But as a six, you think of all the possibilities, right? Like, oh my goodness. And so to at least have another plan that you feel good about. 
Yeah. And I think the fear, I think the fear is always that for everyone, I think the fear is there, you know, like, what if I'm not actually good at this or what if I do this and I fail, or what if, what if the worst thing I can possibly think about happens? It sometimes it actually helps to think through it. It sounds like you kind of thought through, well, what's the worst thing? Like I have, I, I get no clients, I make no money. And then I go back to working as an OT. Can I survive? Yes, I can survive that worst case scenario. <laughs> like, right, so, right. which is not what happened at all. And you, you <laughs> knew that it wouldn't, but I think, you know, having the, as you take those small steps, I mean, it's the same thing I say every episode, those small steps make great gains over time. I know y'all are tired of hearing me say it, but it just is so true. It's like when you take small steps, those small kind of risks where we, they can sometimes feel huge, right? They can sometimes feel really scary, even when they may be small to like the rest of the world, they're huge to us personally as, as entrepreneurs. When we take those steps, that's the only way to build that confidence is to take those small steps and look back and realize everything you've done, right? Then you get the client testimonials. Then you get a little bit of confidence to know that, oh, I am providing a valuable service that people pay for and find very valuable, you know? So I think just the putting yourself initially out there is really hard for everyone and maybe a little more so for for sixes who tend to think of all the things that could go wrong. (laughs) It's true. true. Yeah. So, okay. So the last question that I've been asking everyone, which has been really fun to hear is what do you dream about for your business as an Enneagram six? Like, how do you feel like your Enneagram affects? Like, what do you dream about? That's a good question. So I just dream about making everything flow better. So like, Hmm. I love systems and processes because they start eliminating some of errors and they start making things easy. And so, yeah, just getting to a point where everything just flows super easily. You know, I like the idea of like things feeling easy and light, that stability. Yeah. Um, and then having like the time to explore other options, like passive income streams. And so I think it's really hard to get started again with that as a six. You're like, oh my goodness, that's a whole unknown yeah. You know, how do I dive into that and to, to get to the end result? And so, yeah, those are kind of what I dream of doing. And it just takes time, I think, as a six to put all the pieces in place so you feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Because when you said that, I was like, oh, I do too. I love systems and like things to flow easily. And I'm like, maybe I'm a six because that's what I love. <laughs> but Maybe it's, you it, like it for different reasons. Yeah. Well, that may be, that may be probably because it makes me feel in control because that's like what an eight wants is world domination. I joke about that all the time. Like eights just want world domination for good, for good. We want to make an impact in the world for good, not for like our own. Well, yes, actually eights are very ego driven. Actually it's yeah. I won't go into, I have a whole story behind that, but I, I won't go into that because it's political. So I won't talk about it on the podcast, but, um, but basically like leaders, someone shared this with me during a lot of the political events of the past year, like leaders who are eights, when they go kind of really controlling, like that's an eight in a bad, like in a bad space, right? Like driving their, their leadership is driving their own ego or whatever. So world domination for good. That's what I, (laughs) that's what I'm going to (laughs) say. And That's sixes awesome. just want everything to be stable and secure and flow well. I love it. <laughs> exactly. And they're like cooperation and this idea that like 
it's good for me and it's good for you. And we're yes. working together towards a joint mission. Love it. It's, it's a Love different it. way to think of it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jenny. This was good. And I think it, I hope that it encouraged a lot of people, not just the sixes, but a lot of us about that whole idea of just kind of getting over the fear, you know, the initial fear. Um, anytime you do something new in business, I think that's there, not just when you're first starting. So you have helped many listeners to be inspired to take those small steps. So thank you. Awesome. Happy to help. Yay. All right. I'm going to sign off now and tell people to take a small step because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business. 